0: It actually works. Certain regions of the, or areas of the climate are destabilizing and might reach a tipping point beyond which they change rapidly into a new stable place that is very different from where we are at today. So it sort that of makes has, the
1: consequences of the warming much more real. To it's, the it's
0: significant, large-scale consequences that we do not understand very well. That will certainly change life on Earth significantly and rapidly. And the problem is that some of these tipping points actually might already have been passed. <laughs> the global core. Coral reefs, we might already be on the point where we can save the coral reefs. And between 1.5 and 2 degrees global warming, there seems to be a cluster of tipping points that could be tipped or that could be reached within that range of warming. So there is an assumption that knowing about climate tipping points theoretically might create urgency and ambition among decision makers, although there's also lots of research on the psychology of decision-making that says it might do the opposite. They might feel that they can do nothing about this. It might create kind of apathy and say, I don't even want to know about this because I'm not in control of any of this. I can't do anything about it. So there are two different hypotheses of what the response might be, but the hope actually is that yes, it creates ambition and urgency and therefore more climate action.
1: Other tipping points were discussed more widely at the AGU conference, including the quickening melting of the Greenland ice sheet and changes in atmospheric circulation patterns. Another caught my ear, a loss of global plant growth as rising temperatures cause leaves to photosynthesize more slowly.
2: What we've been able to do is show that when photosynthesis is starting to decline, it's actually an intersection with when respiration is maximally increasing.
1: This is Catherine Duffy of Northern Arizona University.
2: That intersection is a tipping point for the terrestrial biosphere that may change the way carbon is cycling in our system.
1: So the photosynthesis, this is the way that trees and plants and crops capture carbon dioxide?
2: It's how they make their own food, yeah
1: and there's a point at which they stop being as efficient as they are at current temperatures.
2: Exactly, and so there's a temperature at which they can't do that as effectively. That temperature, is a, it's a stress to them, and therefore their metabolism declines.
1: And when you're talking about respiration, who's respiring?
2: That's the breakdown of all that carbon that plants have made through insects, microbes, bacteria, all sorts of things like that, but plants do it as well.
1: So this is where the CO2 goes back into goes the atmosphere? It goes back into
2: the atmosphere. So right now we're in the sweet spot, and, and temperature is actually helping photosynthesis, but as we get warmer we start to pass the thermal maximum for photosynthesis while respiration just continues to increase
1: and so that would be a kind of acceleration there'd be a feedback
2: exactly it would be a tipping point where suddenly plants aren't taking up as much carbon respiration is putting a lot of carbon in the atmosphere and it's going to sort of flip the sign of land atmosphere carbon exchanges as, as we see it right now
1: is this a tipping point
2: that's close? We think that there could be a massive alteration in land carbon exchange as early as mid-century if we stay on our current trajectory.
1: Mid-century? Mid-century. That would be just another half degree or so of warming or maybe a degree?
2: And part of that is because we're actually we're already seeing effects of warming. It's not necessarily warming from today but we're starting to see increases in temperature which are affecting land carbon uptake in forests all over the globe.
1: I mean I guess were told for example that the amazon is a sort of what's going to save us the trees if it's not burned down deliberately the trees there are going to save us is the amazon the kind of place that you're talking about
2: the amazon is actually one of the first huge biomes that we see cross a thermal tipping point we expect it to massively decrease its productivity and it's quite scary because it cycles 60 to 70 percent of total carbon of all ecosystems in the whole planet and to lose The carbon uptake of something like the Amazon is one of those tipping points where suddenly the atmosphere carbon exchange is quite different.
3: The problem is that a lot of tipping points, when you start looking at them, aren't so abrupt. This is a well-respected climate
1: scientist, Ken Caldera of Stanford University.
3: Even a low-lying nation with sea level rise, it, it's not like one day the sea level floods the whole place. It's OK that there are storm surges and the storm surges get worse year after year. And eventually they become more frequent and so bad that people decide that they have to abandon the land. And it's not typically there's not like one event where you say, OK, now this, this island's underwater, it's, it gets increasingly less habitable. And, uh, you know, you could even look at places like New Orleans, where there were a lot of economists thought even that Katrina was a tipping point, that, you know, there's only one direction that New Orleans is going relative to sea level, and that's down, and they'll eventually be flooded by seawater, And but then, you know, the people living there says, no, we have to defend this and build bigger dikes and so on. You know, and so even with, say, a low lying country, they'll be like, okay let's put our houses on stilts and let's build some barriers. And I think the tipping point framing is good for focusing the mind and good for making having people.